Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Create Your Life series, where we help you maximize your potential and results in the area of personal development, entrepreneurship, and travel. And I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown. Create your life. Create ta propre vie. Create your life. Create Your Life family, thanks for tuning in to this episode. Before we get started, I wanted to share some exciting information from our sponsor. We only pick people and companies that we think are awesome to bring onto the show, so please support them. As a podcaster, I've spent hours and hours editing, doing show graphics, and much more, and I finally got fed up with losing all of my free time to post-production activities. So I decided to do something about it. And if you are a fellow busy podcaster who would like to just record and have someone else do the dirty work of graphic creation, tagging and uploading your show to your server and in-depth SEO generating show notes, go to podcastlaundry.com or call 347-871-8273 to schedule your consultation. That's podcastlaundry.com or 347-871-8273. Beautiful people, this is the Create Your Life series. I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown, and today we have another amazing guest. This young lady, I'm super excited to have her in the studio today because I've actually had the opportunity to watch her growth and see her evolution. So Create Your Life family, this one is definitely going to be a treat. She is in-house legal counsel at Spotify in New York City. And in this role, she provides legal support to the R&D and product groups at Spotify, including its Accessibility Guild. Prior to Spotify, she was the general counsel at MakerBot Industries, which is a desktop 3D printing and scanning company. She's from Brooklyn, New York, and a graduate of Howard University and Georgetown Law School. She's also a Teach for America alumna in her tenure at MakerBot and now Spotify. She has become a budding legal authority on legal and IP issues facing tech, media, and consumer electronic companies. As a woman and a person of color, she knows how important it is to get more underrepresented individuals involved in tech and makes a special effort to make herself accessible and visible as often as she can. Create Your Life family, I'm talking about none other than Miss Catherine Hurley. Catherine, please say hello to the Create Your Life family. Hey guys, Hagen CYL. What's up? What's up? So Kat, man, I want to jump right in. I just want to say thank you so much for taking the time. I'm interviewing you right in the midst of your workday. So I appreciate you coming out and making it over here. First question, tell us about your journey to getting to where you are. Well, I guess I can walk you guys through my background. I'm from Brooklyn, New York, as Kevin mentioned. Grew up in Park Slope, actually. And I was middle child. Mom was a lawyer. Dad's a doctor. Grew up in Park Slope. And pretty much had like a regular childhood. I would say very happy, very normal. I went to high school in Brooklyn as well. Played sports, you know, was in, did leadership activities. My family was also part of the organization Jack and Jill, which is an organization to bring together families of color to do community service and just general networking and socialization. Met a lot of mothers who 
were graduates of HBCUs, including Howard. That's where I decided to matriculate after high school, as well as become a member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated, because a lot of the mothers were part of that organization as well. At Howard, it's very involved, did a lot of leadership activities, and really got involved in education. We had a charter school on campus. I was a teacher there, or a teacher's assistant there. In that experience being a teacher's assistant, I decided to join Teach for America. I did that for two years after college in Atlanta, where I taught reading and Spanish to middle school kids, and I also coached girls basketball. Fun fact, I never really was good at basketball. I was on the JV team in high school, but Steve Nash has these really great coaching DVDs, and I made it happen. They wanted me to coach because I was tall and I was new, and they could sucker me into it, but it turned out to be a really good experience. After Teach for America, I matriculated at Georgetown Law in D.C., And after that, I came back to New York to do a fellowship at a charter school management organization. And after that fellowship ended, I became a law clerk at MakerBot Industries, 3D printing startup at the time. Ended up staying there for five years. And when I left, my title was general counsel. And I left last spring to come to Spotify where I am now. And yeah, I think that's my trajectory in a nutshell. You've made all of these transitions. How did you know when was the right time to move from educational nonprofit into tech law? And was there anybody who had to push you? Or like, how did you know that that was the move to make? It's not really been like one person. I don't really have a mentor that I go to. I definitely have people that I can look to for mentorship and friends that are supportive. But for me, I've always found that it was... So for instance, like when I was transitioning from education to 3D printing, editors... What I found was that it wasn't really like a mentor or my friends that kind of pushed me while supportive. And definitely I have a bunch of soundboards and a bunch of people I can look to for support, including my mom. I think what really drove me to pivot from one place to the next was what was exciting and interesting. And when I left education to go into 3D printing, you know, that was when that 3D printing industry was just beginning and it was really hot and really cool. I mean, it still is. I decided that that was the environment that I wanted to be in. Now I'm at Spotify, which is one of the top, not only media companies out there, but tech companies. I get to work on the technology that helps bring music and entertainment podcasts to millions of people across the world. It's just very exciting. So while I'd love to say that I kind of had this really deep internal soul searching method for moving from place to place, it actually I'm kind of just like following what's really interesting and really exciting at the time. Absolutely. So for you, you said something that I thought was super important. You said that you moved your way up from law clerk to general counsel while you're at MakerBot. How many years did that take and what kind of work ethic and time did you have to put in? Because I know sometimes in certain jobs you have to work on weekends or you have to work late at night. Like, What does that look like for you as you were working your way up there and even now in your new role? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I definitely put in a lot of work. When I got to MakerBot as law clerk, I had not received my bar exam results yet. So I didn't know if I was actually going to be barred as an attorney, and that's, which is why my title was actually law clerk. And then once I got my bar results passed, Then I became counsel. During that time, I put in a lot of work. Like I was that person there because at the time when I first joined, we were actually being acquired by Stratasys, which is MakerBot's parent company now. But I put in a lot of work. Like I was that person there on the weekends trying to get stuff done in the evenings. It's not because, you know, my boss was watching me at the time or was expected. It was because that was just the work that had to be done. And I always kind of wanted to be prepared during the work week. So it was easier sometimes to get work done when no one else was in the office. And that's just sort of even still how I operate now. And it's funny because, you know, as I stayed at MakerBot longer and moved up from counsel to general counsel, you would think like, okay, you're more of a leadership position, you can do what you want, but it still requires a lot of effort to run a legal team. And so I found myself still doing the same thing, still coming in on weekends and coming in at night because it's really about like getting the work done. And if you're not doing it, it won't get done. And especially at like a small company like MakerBot and a lot of small companies, even Spotify. Spotify is a huge company, but if there's a work stream that I'm managing and I'm 
I'm not there doing the work and work needs to be done, then when it doesn't get done, there's only one person that can be held accountable and that would be me. And I never want to be in the position to let something fall by the wayside. And so it has always required extra effort, extra time. But you get a lot of reward. Like I just came back from a two-week vacation in Europe, but it wasn't like a challenge because I had put in so much work before I left and now I'm back putting in the work again so I can, when I decide I wanted to go, I want to go on another vacation, I can do that. I really do think it's about moving up, especially working in the startup tech world, just not being afraid to put in the work, just knowing that it's going to require a lot of work. And that it pays off. So for you, let's say just talking about MakerBot, you were there for five years. How many years did it take you to move up to general counsel? And as you moved over to Spotify, did that title transfer over or how does that work? I think that I had an interesting situation at MakerBot. As I mentioned, it was a startup. We were acquired by a public company. So at one point while I was in MakerBot, we had over 500 employees at our largest. And then when I left, we had under 200. So we went through a lot of changes. And in those changes, the legal team changed a lot. And I was just fortunate to be able to remain on the legal team as it was going through a lot of change. And the top position opened up. Why do you feel like they selected you and tapped you to be the top dog or top lioness? It's a question I still ask myself, very gracious about it. But I remember when I was first told that they were going to put me in that position and I was just like, no, like I'm totally not ready. I don't have the experience. I don't even feel like a leader in that way. And my and the CFO was like, so you're telling me you don't want the position? And it's like, no, I want the position. But are you guys sure that I'm ready for that position? They definitely empowered me to take on that role. I think the reason why they felt like I could do it was because of the work I had put in before. And so when it came down to certain projects that were happening in the company and they needed to know what was going on, like, you know, they always could count on me to provide information or, you know, you see an email chain and you see who's providing information in email, you see my name in it. Kind of my name was just being thrown in a lot of different things as someone who you can look to for counsel or advice on a certain issue. And at that point, it was like, okay, if we have to lean out the team, who should we keep? And it was the person, me, who was involved in a lot and doing a lot and they could count on. And I think that was critical. I don't necessarily think that it was about like me being smarter or better than anyone else. It was really that like, okay, who could they go to? Who could they rely on? Who's putting in the work? And at the end of the day, that happened to be me. Interesting when I reflect back on it now, because I didn't have this work ethic like in high school and or middle school, like it kind of changed and evolved as I got older and got better. And even now at Spotify. So when I left MakerBot for Spotify, actually my title, just to go back to your question, I actually took a downgrade in title, but Spotify is a huge, way bigger company, way more offices, way more attorneys. So it was okay. And for me, it wasn't about being general counsel at MakerBot. I wasn't tapping myself on the back like, oh, great job, Catherine. For me, it was like, okay, I could do this. I could manage a legal team at a really hot startup that does hardware and software. But you know, can I go to this company that's huge and does music and podcasts and video? And can I survive there? Can I thrive there in a big legal person team? I'm going to try. I'm going to see. That's where I am now. I don't think I even had to humble myself. It was just like, you know, this is just a different experience. I don't need to be the top dog. I just want to be able to learn, have fun and work in tech. And that's what I can do. And so with that, were you recruited or did you seek out the position at Spotify? Um, Interestingly enough, so when I left MakerBot, I was there for five years. So it was at a time when I thought that maybe time for me to see what else was out there. And I happened to just have a day where I was just like, let me see what other positions may be relevant to my experience. And I saw this position at Spotify. And I swear, I have never seen a job. I want to say job description because Spotify, we don't have jobs. We have roles. I had never seen a role match my background as perfectly down to the years of experience and just 
obligations of the role. I had never seen a match like so great. And I just texted one of my friends at the time, like, girl, I saw a role at Spotify that is for me. And she was like, send it to me. And I sent it to her. And she was like, this is you. You need to apply. And so I applied. I didn't know anyone at Spotify. I had no ins. And they definitely did not recruit me. I went after it. And here I am. Wow. Create Your Life family. I hope that you are really enjoying this episode. I wanted to give a quick shout out to our sponsors and let you know that our sponsors are giving special offers just for you. If you are a fellow busy podcaster who just wants to record and spend the rest of your time doing what you love, like working out at the gym with family and friends or traveling, use code CYLS for a discount on services when you go to podcastlaundry.com or call 347-871-8273 to schedule your consultation. That's podcastlaundry.com or 347-871-8273. And without further ado, let's get back to the show. So we're talking a lot about working hard, something that you are obviously a queen at doing, amongst other things. How do you balance work and personal life when working in such high-paced industries? No, that's something that I actually can do way better at. I mean, can stand to be better at. I struggle that with that all the time. That's a question that I should be asking some of the guests on your show. Like, I don't do it as well as I want to. But I will say that for me, fitness, running, to start my day, like having a fitness routine has really helped. Wasn't always like this. But since I started at MakerBot, um, having this routine where I wake up, I work out, and that kind of centers my day. It's like my morning therapy. It's my time for myself to feel good, to release endorphins, to sweat. And then I start my day. And I think I haven't really figured out how to balance the social life that well, but I can definitely find time to prioritize my fitness and work, which has definitely helped. But any strategies that you can offer, please share. Okay. So it sounds like you have your personal and your internal balance going well. Definitely. Okay. So you're both a beacon of change and inspiration being a minority woman who works in tech. What words do you have for women who are looking to follow in footsteps similar to yours? The first thing I'll say is I don't walk into a situation thinking I'm a woman or I'm a black woman. Those thoughts don't come to my mind until I think someone makes me feel that way. Even if I'm walking into a room full of men, I try to just be like, you know, we're all attorneys here. If I'm in a room full of attorneys or engineers or whatever the case may be. So number one, I'm not walking around thinking, oh, I'm a black woman. And I know that sounds like really easy to say, but I really try to think about myself as equals to everyone around me. That's number one. Number two, I find that I do humble myself in situations where I don't have to be because not to make anyone else feel more comfortable because sometimes it's easier just to not have that unnecessary sort of tension with the people around you. And I think sometimes as a black woman, you can be perceived as assertive or very strong will. You can get a lot of resistance. And sometimes I don't feel like fighting every battle. And sometimes I don't. Some people may have an issue with that, but that's just literally makes my day go by just a little bit easier. But the last thing I would say, go for it you have to try. For this position at Spotify, they had thousands of people going after this position. But, you know, I put in my application and I think a lot of black women, a lot of women, a lot of minorities, a lot of diverse candidates, we stop ourselves before we even try because we don't feel like that we may get it. And I think that that's something that has to absolutely stop. People ask me all the time, like, how'd you get the role of Spotify? How'd you get the role of MakerBot? I applied. Literally, that's how I got it. And obviously, there are roles that I may have applied for that I didn't get. But fundamentally, at least throwing your eggs in the basket, that's step one. And so you've obviously done a great job at protecting your personal and professional brand. What tips would you give to others out there who are looking to rise to the same or similar level of success as yourself? I definitely think that it's important to really think about what you put out on social media about yourself. I definitely have social media. 
I have Instagram and Facebook, but I don't post every aspect of my life. Not because I'm trying to be secretive or I don't want people to know what's going on. But when you do represent a company and you represent yourself, you're your own personal brand. But when you're working for a big company, I'm working for Spotify, I was working for MakerBot, you also represent your company's brand. That's something that I'm very aware of. And just some things I think people don't think about. They think more about, I want to get as many likes as possible today, or I want to get the attention. And you don't think long-term about like how it could affect your brand. Also, I just kind of stay consistent. I work in tech. So when I seek out networking opportunities, oftentimes it's tech events. It may not be young black professional events. Those are cool too. But you have such limited time to go and hang out and be social. I'm really purposeful about the events and the networking that I do. I think that has really helped with my professional brand and personal Like I said, I'm just kind of low key. And because social media is so big these days, because I'm low key on social media, that has definitely helped my personal brand. Because you're low key and you don't have a lot of time, what does your peer group look like? Who are the people in your circles? What do they do? Are they entrepreneurs? Are they nine to five corporate America? Like my closest friends are people that I've known for a very long time. But I'm a lawyer and lawyers just tend to have lawyer friends. So my peer group is full of a lot of lawyers. But I would say that also I've made a lot of friends at the companies that I've worked for. So my peer group has a lot of professionals, people that work in marketing, people that work in facilities, sort of role, administrative role. Wouldn't say my peer group is just lawyers or just people that work in tech. It's very diverse. And you're in a different type of law. I feel like a lot of times when you think of lawyer, you think of someone who's working trial attorneys and things like that, because I feel like that's what TV shows us a lot. For you, what do you wish you knew before becoming an attorney? I wish I knew about all the roles that existed. So for instance, most of my day, I interact with lawyers all day long because I'm on the legal team. But like the majority of my day, I'm also interacting with like the business side of things. So I'm interacting with people who are product managers and project managers and people who are managers of operations and the different business groups. And those roles are so interesting, but you don't know those exist. And a lot of those roles, they pay well, they get to travel, they get to meet different people. They work on contracts just like lawyers sometimes. And so I think I would have, love to know about the diversity of corporate roles that are available. And that's something that I try to tell people all the time when I meet them. They're like, oh, you know what? I don't know how to code. So I would probably wouldn't be able to get a job at Spotify. Or I don't know, you know, I'm not a lawyer. And I'm like, you know, there's so many roles in between. In fact, there's only so many jobs that a tech company can have that are engineering where before they need some support roles. So they need people working in finance and HR and legal. So I think I just wish I knew the full gamut of corporate roles that existed because who knows, maybe I would have done something different. Other than consistency, what do you feel has helped you to get to where you are today? I think my family has been very supportive. I can't even front on that. I've been very blessed to have a really strong family unit that I could turn to for anything. Definitely supported all my moves and as well as a really good friend group. And I think so just having like a really solid, supportive home team has really been beneficial for me. I never feel alone. Even when I'm having a bad day, I always feel like, okay, no matter how bad my life may be in this realm, I still have these people over here that love me. And for me, that's all that matters. What do you feel has been the biggest personal challenge that you've needed to overcome in order to be who you are today? When you're an attorney, especially a place like Spotify, you can't really spend time mitigating your insecurities. You kind of just have to be like, okay, well, I'm, my hair is going to be crazy this week, or I didn't have time to make it to the gym today. So I might walk to work looking like I three months pregnant or whoever knows, whatever the case may be. I have a lot of physical insecurities and also just being around a whole bunch of smart people. I have a lot of insecurities about Sometimes like, how smart I am? Am I good enough? I'm imposter syndrome. I have those kind of thoughts. And this is going to sound really weird, but the way that I kind of overcome them is I don't have time to really grapple with them. So they become like kind of unimportant. I don't focus on them. It's like I don't care anymore about them. Like I may think about them. Maybe I'll have insecurity. 
like when I started Spotify, I'm like, wow, I'm on a team of a bunch of lawyers. Everybody's so smart. Very insecure. Maybe like the first couple of weeks. Now I'm like, okay, maybe they're all smarter than me. I don't know. But we're all here and we're all doing our job and it doesn't matter. I just didn't have time to focus on that. The work had to be done. So if you weren't doing what you're doing right now, what would you be doing? Is there any career or hobby that you've always wanted to pursue? NASCAR race car drive. I love driving. I'm probably the best driver that I know. Definitely not a better uh, driver than me. Uh, yes. No, okay. Yes. Yeah, you can't park better than me. Come on. Parking is not driving. Let's be clear. Parking okay, is let's parking. Be clear about driving that. is driving. And you're not a better driver than I'm me. I'm a better driver than anybody I know. You don't know so, me then. Okay. We'll have to see that. I'll have to challenge you to that. But I would totally do speed race car driving. Okay. So my next question to you is, can you swim? Yes. Okay. Well, the reason why I'm asking that question is because we're about to jump into the dolphin tank. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. What are your goal setting methods and how do you make sure that you're growing each year? I don't have goal setting methods and I don't know if I'm growing every year, but I hope I am. What was holding you back from creating your best life? Needing to make a high salary to support the lifestyle that I want and the obligations that I have. Top tech that you're using to make your life run smoothly. Google Calendar. Love it. Hangouts, all that, everything. I love it. Favorite quarter model that you live by? I understand. The reason I say that is because so many conversations could just end or be okay when you just let that other person know. I understand. I've been using that a lot lately, and it's been very helpful. Favorite or most impactful book that you've read? Right now, I'm reading this book called The Short and Tragic Life of Robert Peace. It's written by a guy named Jeff Hobbs. It's written about Jeff's roommate at Yale, a young Black guy who died age 30, a graduate of Yale from Newark. And the book just grapples with a lot of socioeconomic issues that we don't discuss enough in the Black community, I think, such as like addiction, incarceration. The book has just taken my whole heart. I love it. I recommend it to everyone, Black, White, whatever social standing you're in. Three jewels that you would tell someone looking to create the best life. Travel a lot. Save money. Always have like a nest. And really invest in loving the people around you and receiving their love. What's next for you? I'm probably going to bang it out of Spotify for a couple of years and see where that takes me. I don't have any immediate plans besides, you know, just trying to figure out where my next travel takes me. How can we keep in contact with you? I can give you my Gmail address. I'm not really good at like social media, but my Instagram name is at Kat Naima, K-A-T-N-A-I-M-A. We've reached a part in the interview. It's the turnaround. And what that means is that you become the interviewer. I'm the interviewee. You get to ask me any three questions that you want, and I have to answer. That being said, I only have one request. What's that? Please be gentle. Okay. What are you going to do next? Where does Create Your Life, where does this podcast? The series is actually going to take us to Africa. That is what's next for us. So we're excited about it. But in what context? Uh, in what capacity? We're going to do shows from Africa. We're going to do an Africa series, just how we started out when we were in Japan and the Dominican Republic, Bahamas. So we're going to do an Africa edition. And I'm excited about it. Okay. What scares you most about that? I think that it's going to be a different challenge. And that meaning it's going to be a period of time where I'm probably alone. And I think that I've just been on this journey of self-discovery. So I think I'm very interested to see the Kevin that comes out on the other end of this, as well as from my interactions and the things that I learned from the interviews and the experience. What do you like most about interviewing people? I love the fact that I could ask anything, but I also love getting to people's how and understanding what makes them tick and just how they got to where they are, because I feel like that's the biggest thing that's missing. When people are being interviewed, a lot of times you hear what they've done and you hear why they've done it, but you never really get the nuts and bolts of how do you become another Catherine Hurley? How do you become a Kevin Y. Brown? How do you become a Preston Smiles or all of these people? How do you become this person? And so I just think that's one of the, the most beautiful things. And it's something that I'm just super attracted to is understanding about people. So Cool. Yeah. Well, Catherine, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show. You're welcome. 
Create Your Life family. Thank you so much for listening. And if this content is delivering value to you, please go to iTunes and Stitcher Radio and rate and review us. This helps us build this community and building the community is what we are all about right now so that we can deliver as much value as possible to you. So until next time, create your life and feed your ambition. This episode was brought to you by PodcastLaundry.com. I love Podcast Laundry. It provides a real solution to free up my time. And time is the only resource that we cannot get back. Podcast Laundry was created with love to help other fellow busy podcasters free up time so that they could do more of what they love, whether that's traveling, time with friends and family, or working on other ventures. If you want to free up your time, then have Podcast Laundry do the dirty work of note-taking, graphic creation, editing, show tagging, and uploading for you. Go to PodcastLaundry.com or call 347-871-8273 to schedule your consultation. And remember to use code CYLS. That's PodcastLaundry.com or call 347-871-8273.